You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical and theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Here's today's question. The Bible talks about having faith when you pray. And I think about James chapter one, about, you know, if we have doubts, it's like mm-hmm. being tossed around by the sea. But the question is, what if you don't believe God will answer you? I mean, we're supposed to have faith, but we all sometimes, I think, struggle with faith that God hears us, that he's going to mm-hmm. respond. Sure. What do we do with sure, that? Sure, Well, a couple things. Number one, our faith is not contingent upon God responding to a prayer. It's not an exercise of faith. If I can, if I can, if I can, the little engine that could is bad theology. Number two, acknowledge. I don't know any Christian who would not say, well, maybe some would lie. I think most Christians would say, I struggle sometimes believing God hears me. Mm-hmm. I struggle to think that God cares. Mm-hmm. I struggle that God hears my prayers all the time. Why? Because we don't get outcomes that we would like God to do. So it goes back to the former answer I tried to give is a relationship with God is more at hand than If then, if I do this, then God will do that. Mm -hmm. I love, and I've talked about this many times, Mark 9, the man who the disciples can't help his demon-possessed son, Christ comes down, and the Lord is pretty hard on the audience. Oh, unbelieving generation, how long must I be with you? He brings the boy to him. How long has he done this? The father's interaction from childhood, he said. It is often thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. I love, love, love the guy's response. I believe, but I have a hard time. Yeah. I want to believe you can do this for me, yeah. but I have doubts. And Christ's response He rebukes the unclean spirit. He casts him out, and that's the end of the story. The boy is no longer demon-possessed. Christ raises him up. And then there's an ancillary lesson there with the disciples in their own relationship. But the point of the story that's compelling to me is this guy is entreating God to do something for him, and he doesn't have, quote, enough, close quote, faith. And so we have to be careful quantifying faith. Theology is a system of trusting God at his word not our experience. We're all going to experience doubt in our Christian life. We're going to experience doubt in God, quote, coming through or working for us. The objective of the Christian life is to be faithful no matter our experience, Hmm. to be faithful no matter what God does or does not do the way we would like him to act. So to me, you know, I pray for things that never happen too. And I continue to pray for people that I love, people that I know, people that are in bad situations, making bad decisions, people who might be sick. And I hope God will be kind and merciful and administer mercy to people. But sometimes people don't respond. So faith is not somehow puppeteering God upside down. Faith is not contingent upon what we do and that if I do this, then God will do that. Mm -hmm. Faith is a relationship. Do I trust him? not based on my doing, but do I trust him at his word? And then I can rest in the outcome, whether it goes to, you know, what I would like or not. But I would say simply keep praying, you know, keep keeping on because it's a relationship with God, not simply putting the money in the machine and pulling the knob and getting out, you know, a Coke from the dispensary. Philippians four, six and seven comes to mind for me as we're talking about this. Like I looked at that as 
I think one of the purposes of prayer is to help us not be anxious. The verses do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends Mm -hmm. all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I write that verse in every book that I sign my college girl survival guide. That's the verse that I write because there's a ton of things that college girls have to be anxious about and worry about. And that verse to me is a reminder that my prayer life, I think one huge benefit of it is it lessens my anxiety and fear and worries because I'm focused on the one who's in charge and not. (laughs) You're exactly right. And the peace of God, which surpasses comprehension. Yeah. I've written a prayer in my little book on prayer called A Non-Anxious Presence. And that prayer that I wrote and prayed for a long time was, if God answers this prayer, quote unquote, he and I will be the only one that knows it Hmm. because I'll be able to have a non-anxious presence in situations in life where I can tend to be anxious or have anxiety. It's exactly what Philippians 4, 7 is saying, as you pointed out. And so when we encounter these, you know, dilemmas where God's not answering my prayer, or I don't feel like he's hearing me, or I don't believe in him, that's probably contra to having peace. Mm -hmm. That's probably contrary Mm -hmm. to resting in him. If you can face your difficulties with confident assurance in Christ, that's a pretty good indication that you're growing as a disciple, and you're growing in his word and your relationship with him. Okay, the last thing I want to throw to you on the topic of prayer, and then we'll move on, is Paul's the thorn in his flesh. And he says, Mm -hmm. three times I asked him, and three times he replied to me, my grace is sufficient. What do we take from that that helps us understand prayer? It's a great observation and a great sequence of passages to understand even from the apostle, he's not going to you know, perform, so to speak. I also think we have to have a long view of life and suffering. Jesus Christ only went to glory through suffering. In fact, according to the gospel theology, there is no glorification apart from suffering. I hate suffering. I don't know any human who loves it, but I think uh, part of the Christian life is learning to suffer well and to endure the sufferings of physical, of hardship, disappointments in life, children that break our hearts, all these things, and to endure that with a faithfulness. And Paul got to the point where he said, okay, this is what I got, and I'm going to face this difficulty by the grace of God. And we've talked about our friends, the traffickants, endlessly on our broadcast, but they exemplify more than anybody we might know a family who's been through so many difficulties, and by grace, they are sustained. They've been through surgeries, and they've made progress, and they're doing well in many respects, but they will always have you know, health concerns. Mm-hmm. And many people live in the same situation. So grace sustains us. Always comes back to God's grace sustaining us because we can't do it in the flesh. If you've got a question for Ask Dr. E, call us or text us at 615-281-9694, or you can email us at question at michaelincontext.com. We would love to hear from you. Ask Dr. E is a production of Michael Easley in Context. The music for this show is composed by Jason Germain, and you can find more biblical resources at michaelincontext.com.